0: Hello and welcome
1: to this episode of Battling with Business with me Gareth Tennant and me Chris Kitchener. In this podcast we're hoping to explore the ideas and concepts around teams and teamwork, leaders and leadership and all things in between. It's a discussion between a former Royal Marines officer and a product manager from the world of business comparing and contrasting their experiences as they attempt to work out what makes teams, leaders and organisations tick. And this week's podcast is brought to you, hang on, by a fruity white, apparently, from Sicily. So, Gareth, um, this is one of the weeks where you want to talk about some topics. So, what do you want to talk about this week?
0: Yeah, um, so I thought we could explore some definitions that I think organisations sometimes struggle with, um, and it creates a bit of confusion, and quite often discussions around the definitions, which detracts from the actual content. Um, So I'd like to look at terms such as values, purpose, mission, visions, goals, and things like that, Um, which from a military perspective, I think some of those are really clear. So in the military, a mission, for example, is a very defined thing. Um, Whereas I get the impression that from the business world that has a slightly more fluffy definition and perhaps we could explore that
1: that that is outrageous the term fluffy um if you're telling me that the hours and hours i've spent in hotel meeting rooms after two days of discussing grand strategy that we talk about some of these things sort of at the end um where you'd be absolutely right i i think i think you're right we this is one of the previous conversations we've had where i i i've done this now for 17 years and I still get really nervous am I getting my strategy my goals and my tactics right yeah and then then you talk about values and yeah absolutely so this this is I, I there will be many people who are offended by the term fluffy and they would say these these values and ideas we've got are rock solid look if I'm really honest about it I do passionately believe they're important but I I I think it's one of those things that everybody struggles to get right, and even worse, spend countless hours trying to get the words right. Yeah, leave the room, and then go. Well, that's it. Mission's done. Tick. That's all good.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and don't get me wrong. I think the military does the same. So, uh, and I think this is a subject that will probably come up time and time again. There are there are really kind of two. Um, psyches of the military there's the military on operations so that is delivering military effect overseas doing you know what everybody thinks the military is for and then there's the military force generating preparing for operations training running the organization in sort of peacetime if you will Um, and it's really interesting that they do things very differently in terms of organisation and management. And so I think when we're talking about the corporate side of the military, we fall into exactly the same trap.
1: But there's a... I guess we're getting ahead of things here, but I wonder whether there's an element of... Your sort of statement there was, there is the going out and saying... There's a bad guy over there, let's go do something about it, and then there's the piece before you get to the bad guy. I wonder whether some of this, and maybe we'll touch on this a little bit later, is time to be able to test. Bad words. There's one which says we didn't take the hill. You know, bad example, whether we're always do that. And another one says, At some point we may have to take a hill. How might we theoretic So that I yeah, wonder whether definitely. there's a thing where Businesses that have a clear, defined, measurable target and goal, I think, find this stuff a lot easier than a business that says, well, you know, over the next few years, wouldn't it be great if we head in that direction?
0: Anyway, that's, yeah, that, that, I'm not sure um, because actually on operations, there's still quite a lot of ill-defined goals. And I think we should probably not get into it in this episode but in, an, in a, another episode, we can explore strategy hmm. and tactics. And I know you mentioned yeah, yeah. strategy, tactics um, in, in your sort of confusion with definition. I think we should leave those aside, um, but recognise that there are definitely operations where the, the defined goal isn't really clear. And yet the military still manages to be quite focused on, on sort of these definitions. Um, whereas I think if it... i I might be wrong here but i think the difference with the peacetime corporate military is suddenly money becomes really important um, and it becomes you know an, an organization that is making decisions and managing things in a very similar way to you know the commercial world whereas on operations things like money of course still are important but are far less important and actually doing things is more important than I don't know I think well, that's there's something a, to explore th-
1: there's another there's another hidden factor in here as well which is implied by the military which is size of organization because again if you have in, in and this is something we we see very much in business where people talk excitedly about startups yeah. about how magical and wonderful they are sometimes i i worry that people don't know what's magical about something. So what, I'm, what mm. do I mean by that? In a startup, there's three of you, mm. and therefore, you know, discussing and agreeing values and purpose and mission and vision and goals is a relatively straightforward thing. Yeah. When I've worked in organisations with ten thousand people, that's very different. So I, I don't know. Is your do you do you think the military has this same challenge, or is there a, is there a parallel between? The military as a whole, and then individual units—is—is is, do you think there's a difference when it's yeah I do size? I do
0: actually um, I think firstly there's probably a misconception that the military is like massive and therefore when we talk about size of the military it's really different to large organisations but of course the current UK military is only about 150,000 in regular strength um, and so it's it's a large organisation but there are you know the NHS is far far bigger. Um, But I think your point is really valid because there is a lot more autonomy in small operational units that are then deployed and therefore they're almost outside of that corporate culture and doing um, the mission Uh, and so things like um, goals and the mission are very independent to perhaps the, the fluffy mission, gone back to that word, of, you know, the Royal Navy or the Army or, or whatever. Um, so I think there is definitely something in that. But it's probably worth just getting into um, sort of actually what these things are or aren't.
1: Yeah, come on. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to rolling my eyes at some of these high-level definitions. So come on, tell me, start with some of these. What so, do you go first?
0: Um, I don't think these are, I mean, they're, they're certainly not the definitions. Um, there are military definitions to some of these things.
1: So is this written down in a book somewhere where it's like, Is there a Queen's regulation or a document that's written down that literally says, this is what we mean by vision and purpose?
0: Um, Yeah, there is. Um, So there are many documents. So as we develop these things, and and of course, nothing is static and these definitions will evolve, um, but there's what we call doctrine, which is the writing down of the way that we carry out our business. Um, and there is within the military there is a, an organisation called the Doctrine and Concept Centre, um, where they are the custodians of that, and they reach out to across the organisation to various parts of the military to say, is this still how we do it? Is it still relevant? Do we need to discuss it? And I think that's where we do find a bit like you were saying, you know, the conversation becomes you know, repetitive about the definition, yeah, and people but, argue. But, and, but
1: you've you've already, I would argue you've already got an advantage because you're not one day in a quarter trying to argue the definition of these things you've almost professionalized so i i I get that there's a risk that you endlessly talk about it but the fact that someone's job is to think about this and write it down and then go back to i I quite like because otherwise i've been in that meeting where someone says well we should do an x then someone says what's our hang on is that a bit like this or is yeah. actually isn't that our mission and, and, and actually last week i was writing a mission statement mm. and i looked at the the adjacent document which talked about the vision statement i went these feel like the same things so yeah. but so the, but the, so the <laughs> fact that it's professionalized i appreciate that uh, that, that sort of creates its own feedback. Loop.
0: It does. And, and the military actually, and, and I think we'll start with mission because that's probably the, the easiest and the most defined. Um, not only is there a definition, but there's also a, um, a formula for how you write a mission. So a mission has to contain what you're trying to do followed by why you're trying to do it. And so there is a in order to statement is what we call it because the way you write it is we are going to do X, Y, and Z in order to achieve A, B, and C. Ah. And what that allows is, um, which again I think we will come on to discuss in, in far greater depth in, in other episodes, is um, the idea of mission command, which is once that intent has been written, the in order to, um, if the situation changes, so take hill X, you know in order to block the enemy. If the situation changes and the enemy overrun that hill before you even start the mission, because you've got the intent that you know you need to block the enemy, you can use your initiative and say, well, actually taking the hill is now irrelevant. We still need to block the enemy. And there's a really good example, and I, I will have to look up um, the, the chap's name, but there's a sergeant, which is a very, very low... Uh, low level rank in in relative terms in the military. It's a senior non commissioned officer. So, and this is from the First World War, where a sergeant, because he understood the intent, um, managed to take the initiative, and he was the sergeant in charge of the troop because his officer had been killed. Um, I think you know on the right flank of the unit that's on the right flank of the brigade that's on the right flank of the division that's on the right flank of the corps, um, against one of these sort of linear defended positions. Um, And because he understood the intent, um, ignored the orders that he was given um, and actually moved his troop off to go and stop the Germans who were trying to do a sort of encirclement or an envelopment around this line. Um, And I think that's a really important thing because Otherwise, you're just telling people what to do,
1: not why. Notionally, there are some people listening to this who are thinking, you know, the premise of this was about compare and contrast the military and enterprise life. And I'm a product manager in business. You have just described one of the core tenets of what I do and my team does every day. You have just described what is known in our business as a scrum story. Yeah. As a, I want to, so that. So you you just described, mm. you, you didn't do the as a, but there's yeah. an impl- implication there. But you said, I want to do this, so that. And the reason why I think that is such a fabulous crossover is because it is exactly the same reason you have described. So as product managers, our job is not to tell engineers how to solve the problem. Yeah. Our job is to tell the engineer what we're trying to solve and why we're trying to solve it. So what's very clear about that, as a user, I want to, I don't know, find a product that is similar to the one I just bought so that I can buy something that's more useful to me tomorrow. What a dreadful example. But yeah, the engineers then have... The flexibility and this is the magic for them to say, well, I can solve that in this different way. So I love that if you'd have said to me before we started the idea that the military and attack in a divisional attack linear post um, matches the world of a product manager running stories. Mm. There's your crossover right there. And I bet we've got the same both challenges and advantages in terms of doing that. So there you yeah. go. I, li- I like that as an example. Oh, there you go. Well,
0: I, think, I think that's brilliant. And I think we can look at mission command and where it works, where it doesn't work and why it doesn't work um, in in more detail in another episode. But I think going back to these definitions, um, there's you've already sort of alluded to it a couple of times. There's often confusion between mission and, and purpose. And for me... The purpose is about the change that the organisation wants to make in the world. And that can sound quite grandiose and quite... But, but I think it needs to be because it, it it drives the cultural aspiration. It doesn't drive the culture because there's many factors that do that. But it, it allows the organisation to say, this is why we are here. This is why we set up this organisation. This is why we come to work every day. This is why we, you know, collectively toil you know to make change so the purpose is you know what are you trying to do in the world the mission is a way that articulates given the current environment the current conditions whether that's you know in the military threats and capability shortfalls or whatever or in the corporate world whether it's your competitors or the market appetite within that context the ways in which you can achieve your purpose and i think that's the subtle difference for me
1: so w- the mission one is also interesting this way and i <clears throat> one of the things you sort of said at the beginning was this is this is your definition and there are many definitions mm. there's all these variables one i'm interested in how the military thinks about this is 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 mission time bound so you could argue there is our mission next week and you could argue there is our mission as a company open-ended. How does the military think about it? is mission constrained by oh we only talk about a mission for a unit for this period of time or, or how, how do you define differ- yeah. is there is there is it interesting to talk about the time applied to a mission? Yeah, I,
0: I think you're right. I think it is time-bound. I mean, sometimes we explicitly say this is not a time-bound mission; it's a conditions based mission, but it's still implicitly saying once we meet these conditions that mission is now over and we will go on to whatever comes next. Um, And so there is definitely a a temporal reference to a mission as opposed to a purpose, which is enduring. So um, I think for the military, although we probably don't talk about it as the purpose, The there's a a thing called the National Security Strategy, which is a government document and a government concept rather than a military thing. But of course, the military is a huge contributor to the provision of national security. And so meeting the requirements of the National Security Strategy would be our purpose or our contribution to that is our purpose, Mm. which for the moment, and you can see why it's enduring, is things like... Protecting the UK from threats, securing and promoting our prosperity, because without prosperity as a nation, we can't have security. And so those things are enduring, but they're not the mission of the military, the mission of the army or the navy or, or the marines. The mission is then conditions based, it's environment related.
1: I'm, I'm, so this, this is where I. I feel inadequate. That's a. I was about to say I felt nervous, but that's the wrong word. I feel inadequate. It was like, when you sit in a room full of people, you can really debate what this means endlessly. And I I, I wonder even now, for me, there is a sense that these, these are useful concepts in a framework. Yeah. But actually, whether you get it right, half right, or a bit right, as long as everyone knows what are we doing... Why are we doing it? Mm. How might we go about doing it? Those kinds of questions, maybe it doesn't matter whether I've got the, the concept of mission versus purpose, that differentiation, right. So
0: I, I think in, in a lot of cases it probably doesn't, but where it does matters. Um, and I think where it does is where you're starting to use these things to influence how people actually go about doing things
1: well why don't you talk about because I know part of that is values so why don't you go on to talk a bit about values I guess
0: yeah so I think for me and again this is you know Gareth's view of the world and, and, and how things should be according to me um, but I think values are what are shared across the organisation and they, they are part of the defining features of the culture and when, when we come on to talk about culture in, in more detail in later episodes, I think this will come out again, but there is a model. It was developed by uh, an academic um, called Edgar Schein, who is probably one of the preeminent academics in organisational culture. And in his model, there are artefacts of culture. There are values in the middle. And then underneath that, there are uh, assumptions. And they're sort of deep-seated, probably non-subconscious things. So, your assumptions drive your values that then become your artifacts. They're the things on the surface that are sort of so g- give displayed. So, me, give
1: me an example of value because I want to try and give one of my. And by the way, I feel a much. The, the difference between mission and purpose. I'm still I think I could argue that while the values one I think is crystal clear and I passionately passionately believe in this so give me an example of a value that you know the marines there's a good example raw marines what's a value of the raw marines
0: courage is probably one of the the easiest to go to and I think that sort of stands for itself Um, and that can be unpacked into both physical and moral courage there are, there are other values like um, selflessness and, and I think that should be of course a value that we as humanity have. But I think specifically it's a, it's a core value of our culture because selflessness drives part of the, the drive of teamwork and in conditions of combat and conflict a lot of what you need to do is to be able to depend on each other. And if everybody is espousing this kind of idea of, you know, the mission, the people around me, so the mission comes first, the people around me come second, and then it's my personal needs third. um, You can all start to depend on each other and rely on Mm. each other. And when you're, you know, perhaps going to sleep, knowing that the threats are still there, and the person next to you is waking up to take over the protection of that, that selfless value is crucial well, to that cohesion.
1: I want so. I mean, I'll, I'll give an example of a value that, that I've been lucky enough to work in a number of companies where they say, put the customer first. And I think that's a really good example yeah. of, a, of a value, which seems, seems a bit cheesy, but is really to say, even if it costs us, even if it's harder for us, we should do the right thing for a customer. But I... what I think about the values thing is I think this is fundamental because if your values aren't right the moment something starts to go wrong or the moment the pressure is applied I think things go wrong so here's a question for you and I'm I this is one where I think I've always tried to do this instinctively and maybe there's an element of example but again in the military you, you just talked about a couple of values for the Royal Marines and I I was watching a TV programme about Bear Grylls and he was actually I think he was down in Limpston, and there was a big poster which talked about some of these values yeah so there's, how, there's four how, values. how do you how does the military and how do you think about instilling those values because it's mm. easy to put it on a poster yeah uh-huh. But actually, how do you get someone to say, I am scared and I'm still going to do that thing? How do I get my team member to say, it's five o'clock and I really want to go home, but I'm going to stay here and I'm going to do the thing, even if it means that my kids don't get to see me tonight? How how do you... How does the military think about instilling those values? Because yeah. the answer obviously is shouting at them. I've seen this Absolutely. in all the films, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's the perception yeah. that of
0: dehumanise people and shout them. wins every time. Absolutely, and and that
1: um, yeah, that uh, I think. Again, by the way, they, we were joking when we said that happens well, a long like, time. We've both ex, we've done this before, and there's there's not. Shouting doesn't do it for you. No, and
0: I think this is something we will come back to, is kind of the media perception of the military and the realities are very, very different. I think it's really, it's a difficult question to answer. There's a lot to it. But fundamentally, the way you behave when it creates good results is emulated by others. And so one of the, the key parts of trying to instill values is... Um, demonstration of those values in the people that are leading you. So in basic training, um, there is a, a very strong emphasis on demonstration of everything that you are learning. So it's not just somebody telling you that you've got to, you know, go and march up a hill with a, a, a rucksack on and get to this destination and here's the theory of map reading you are out on the hills in the cold in the wet tired carrying heavy pack but the person leading you is also out with you carrying that heavy pack and they're doing more than you all the time um, and that's um, in the Royal Marines specifically um, in officer training when you go through the commando tests which are a key milestone in the basic training. Um, We do exactly the same commando tests as the Marines, but all of the timings are harder, all the routes are harder, and that creates straight away this idea that, when a Marine or an, a non-commissioned officer encounters an officer in the in the Corps and that officer they've never met before but that officer is asking them to do something difficult you know, straight away from the very beginning at day one in Limpsden in training there is this kind of mindset of they've done things harder and therefore when they're asking you to do something hard it's not you can do it because I don't want to. it, And it's that kind of thing.
1: I, I The structuredness and the... that the, the, this is what you do, that it's even built into how you build these people is really interesting to me because I think that the cultures one is one that people in business, it's actually pretty easy to see, which is, you know, you, you we joked about the military shouting at people. Actually, I'll go... Anyone who thinks that's the cliché think carefully because I think the cliche is um, how do you instill a team to go do things? Mm. There's a lot of shouting at them. You look at some of the people we've thought about as, as in inverted commas, great tech leaders. Steve Jobs, shouty, shouty man. Yeah. Elon Musk, shouty, shouty man. And so that, that, I think it would be easy to assume power of personality and shouting gets you there. But, but So I've
0: been in the military for nearly 20 years And I have only ever shouted, apart from to overcome really loud noises around me, which you know does happen from time to time, I've only ever shouted at an individual or a group of people um, because I've lost my temper once, and I see that as a personal failure and I'm deeply ashamed of it. There are within basic training some very structured you get shouted at moment. I, I've done and those that, as well. That's very deliberate. I, that tends to fade out very quickly. Well, like and to be fair, first we weeks. were
1: very bad when they shouted us. <laughs> but, like, but going back to the culture thing, which is, I think this one is a really clear one, which is you only have to look at someone and say, when push comes to shove would that person I am working with or would that leader, coining the swear jar with the word leader, but would, do they display the values? And I, mm. I think it's this incredibly virtuous circle which leaders have a disproportionate ability to impact, but any member of the team does, which is if you show those strong cultures, exactly as you said, people notice yeah. and say, I, I think that is... You have demonstrated that my participation is worthwhile because I want to be a part of a group of people who have strong values. Yeah. And I think it almost leads to the culture because we, we've we've and we've not talked a lot about culture and I don't think we're going to do as, as much today. But I think culture is this thing people think is on a slide. They write what their culture is. Yeah. I think <laughs> culture is the result of the values that already exist. Absolutely
0: agree. So culture is... Um, I can't remember where I read it, but I thought it was a really, really good comment. And somebody said culture is not like a second-hand car, which is when you want to do a new one, you can just trade it in. Um, You don't create a culture, you cultivate a culture. It's in the word, right? So I think it brings us back to these definitions. So if the values are right and the purpose is right, then they should be aligned. So you are, your values as an individual make you part of a team that has shared values, but they have to also align with the purpose of the organization. So if your values are selflessness and trying to make positive impact, and the purpose of the organization is to make as much money as possible, irrespective of, you know, how much damage it does, then there's a mismatch between yeah. the purpose of the of the organisation and the values of the people within it, then you're not going to want to get up and go to work every day.
1: My experience as well, I mean, you you I think you're talking about this, the ingredients of this fabulous cake, for want of a better word. Yeah. Where, you know, any one of these things can be off and it doesn't work. The yes. cake doesn't rise or it tastes quite funny. But I there's a really... I have experienced this time and time again, which is you can fake this for a while. Mm. And I've seen this time and time again. I've worked in teams where they say, we've all got these great things. Everyone nods, everyone feels good. And then all of a sudden you start squeezing the team or you poke them or you put them under pressure and you realise that actually we didn't really have those values or we didn't really believe them. So the... if you manufacture any one of these things, it will not be robust. Yeah. And j- Just before we move on, I, I there was a re- I thought there was a nice sort of business world parallel, and I'm I'm a real fan of this. So D- Daniel Pink talks about motivation, and I think that the the motivation we haven't talked about motivation, but we've implied it a lot of these times. Mm. And so I, I I this was something I saw a couple of years ago, and if you if you look for daniel pink's ted talk on this this is really well worth 15 minutes of your time but he talks about what motivates creative people now we're not going to get into what's a creative person versus not the implication being a non-creative person is a person on a production line that just presses a button 30 times Mm. but he said he believes and i really really like this as a way of thinking about it, is there are three things that drive motivation there is purpose. Oh, look at that. Yep. We've just been talking about purpose. Mm. In other words, people have got to think that they're working towards something worthwhile.
0: That fits perfectly. Uh, and
1: by yeah. the way, making money can be a worthwhile thing. I Because I, yep. otherwise, people get really touched about it. So, purpose... The next one is mastery, which is the ability to improve your skills along the way. We yeah. haven't talked about that. No. But, okay. But but I, yeah. I that's interesting. And then the last one, which I do think sort of touches back on what we said at the very beginning, which is autonomy. In other words, that the people are in control of doing that. Now we didn't ah, we didn't we didn't okay. talk about mastery too much here. Yeah. But maybe maybe there's a little other ingredient. But just those ideas of purpose and autonomy goes right back to the first concept you talked about. Now, this idea that you have a group of people, you empower them, you point in yeah. the direction. I think that becomes really valuable. So I, oh, I like that. I, I think I love the echoes.
0: I think why mastery perhaps hasn't come up in this conversation is because these definitions are, by definition, about the organisation, and mastery is about the individual. But there is definitely a relationship that we can see emerging here. I think the the final thing that quite often gets um, confused is goals and objectives. And you can see why that would get confused with purpose or mission. Oh, see, this is this is where <laughs> I go a bit wonky as yeah. well. Yeah, so. um, uh, and for me, and again, it's Gareth's view of the world, but let, let's just recap a bit. A purpose is sort of what, you, the change you want to see in the world, the change you want to make as an organisation. It's what gets people out of bed every day to go and work for that organisation. The mission is directly tied to the current conditions of the operating environment um, and therefore you will have multiple missions, we've talked about whether they're time bound, um, heading towards achieving that purpose in response to the external environment. So if your mission is, you know, make more shoes and the demand from yeah, your customer base is. We need more shoes. Then your mission might be something along the lines of increased productivity, because it's related to the the condition external goals and objectives. I think are related to strategy, rather than specifically achieving a particular thing, um, and it re- it relates to how you achieve your purpose in relation to strategy, which is all about making change under conditions of uncertainty. So it's different to a mission, which is about a defined change. Goals and objectives, I'm talking about strategic goals and objectives, are ill-defined. But they can be, and I we will unpack this and explore this in I, far more detail I, well, I going to strategy.
1: Well, I was going to say, I think we need to, because I'm, you know, maybe it's the cheap sicilian wine that i have tonight but my head is sort of again i get there are some things which i think are really clear and stand Mm. on their own and then they start to get fuzzy but this this is something that if anyone's listening and they go i heard all of that i agree with all of that and i'm almost just as confused as when i started which is kind of me at the moment some of these things actually i think it's really really important and this is the theme that i seem time and time again which is if it's not 100% clear this or any of the other concepts, that's okay. Mm. Actually, the magic is just by thinking about these things, you'll get closer to it. So you don't have to have the perfect definition of purpose, the perfect definition of mission to be successful. But if you've thought about this, if you've said, well, I'm thinking about what my purpose is. I'm thinking about what my mission is Mm. that's the magic here. It's, and I found this so many times it's, it's the practice of purposefully thinking about these things yes. saying, "Should I have one of these? What are they?" That's actually eighty percent of it, rather than the "Did I get the perfect answer in an exam? Could I define this as properly?" So yeah, I like to hide the Conversation. I I'm but I'm, completely. I, I, I'm going to. I'm going to go to one which I think we disagree on. Yeah. Which is so you've talked about, uh, you know, goals and objectives, all these kinds of things. So one of the things that as a as someone in business. All the time we hear about because if you're clever, sorry, this is a this is a, a link. Smart goals, smart mm, goals. So yeah. Gareth, do you need to have smart goals? And so for those of you going, does he mean just smart as just in clever. good? Yeah, uh, it, it's an acronym. Smart meaning simple, measurable, actionable, realistic, and time-bound. So. A birdie tells me you may not be as much of a fan of smart goals. Convince yeah. me. Well, absolutely.
0: So I've already said we're talking about strategic goals and objectives. And um, by definition, strategies about achieving things under conditions of uncertainty. And therefore, I don't think they can be. Um, so I think if you're setting out goals for an individual, so, you know, it's a, uh, a review and you're saying over the next 12 months this is how you can improve then yes absolutely the goals okay. need to be smart if you're talking about an organization trying to achieve something strategically then i don't
1: think they can be but because isn't, strategy
0: isn't, is not simple no but
1: isn't 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 the trick though you need to come up with a simple articulation of the strategy so it's not that the the strategy itself is simple, yeah. but you can articulate it in a simple oh, fashion. absolutely. So, f- you for, can me, absolutely do for that. me, this is, but this that's this is not the encapsulation.
0: That's not goals and objective. For me, the articulation of it in a simple narrative form is really important. Everybody needs to understand the vision, and vision isn't something we've talked about yet. But that is the narrative description of what the organisation will do to fulfil its purpose. That needs to be very simple and very clear. The goals and objectives, because we're talking about uncertainty, we're talking about things in the future that can't be nailed down. We can't predict with you know perfect accuracy. They cannot be um, you. Know, time-bounded, simple, measurable. Well, I mean, I'm... I'm, I'm They I'm, have to be actionable in terms of there has to be an obvious way to
1: begin. So you want ah goals. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, I, I, mean let, I. mean let's just pick measurable for a second. Yeah. I mean, by the way, again, I have been the victim of being told your goals are not smart, go and mm. redo them. Which, by the way, if you've been doing it for a number of years... Particularly, and it occasionally happens. Someone who's been around for a few years says, "I've read a book. Go do it again." Yeah, be frustrating, but measurable. So, I I like measurable Mm. because the opposite is finger in the air. Was it okay, guys? Yeah, we all feel good about this. Yeah, measurable for me is a is a statement that says. You have to go back and properly inspect what's going on to be able to say, are we succeeding or not? You know, in, in military terms, are we closer to, in the Second World War, Berlin? You know, did we get across the Rhine? There's mm. some pretty measurable things. You don't seem as enamored by that.
0: So I, I'm a huge fan of measuring effectiveness. And by that, I mean, when we've decided to do something, there is a reason why. And what we're trying to measure is, are we closer to the why? which comes back to that intent of the mission. We are doing things because we're making assumptions that those actions, those activities will have a change. And I'm a huge proponent of measuring or trying to measure if we are having that change. Yes. Absolutely. What I'm not convinced of is when you talk about goals and objectives, and I think we haven't necessarily defined this, I think objectives are smaller um, sub chunks that when aggregated together will achieve a goal so you have multiple objectives to achieve a goal and I think ultimately you have multiple goals that might achieve your mission or get you towards your purpose but for me you because we're talking about complexity because we need feedback from the environment to test those assumptions about change what you can't do is say success lies at x.
1: You're right I mean I I, I i mean we to some degree we're we're doing that classic thing of arguing about the detail for example <laughs> i'm not even going to get onto so you telling me they shouldn't be realistic but we, 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 we'll 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 put that to one side again yeah I, I think actually the smart and the best you know objectives and goals you can break the rules and you can change these. So yes, maybe, maybe a better way of saying this is, I think I think we have a slightly different opinion of the value of, of whether things mm. are smart. But actually, I think at the end of the day, th- there are different ways to ensure success. And if you say, well, this isn't realistic that's probably because you're thinking about a different way of doing things. Yeah, so I, yeah it, absolutely. It, it, it may be dog... And I mean, I think this is true of all the things we do, which, again, you sort of said this is... Gareth's definition is dogma is a really dangerous thing. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Because dogma says, I, I, I have declared this to be true and no one... and no one Yes, yeah, this." Whereas the statement says, can we measure this? I think we can measure this. Well, I don't think we can. That's... There's the comp- There's the value. Yeah. Okay. There's
0: so, the value. so I, th- I think you've hit on a really important point, which is, if you start to say, before we start this, before I allocate any money or give any um, sort of resources to this or authorize it to go ahead, you know, prove to me that it's simple, measurable, actionable, realistic, and time bounded. What you're doing is front loading the the outcome, and if you don't understand the future, then what you're effectively saying is you have to go along the expected path. you know, And, and the whole purpose of strategy is it's not a plan. It's about exploring uncertainty That's and dealing true. with those changes. So I think, ideally, your goals and objectives will prove to be realistic. What you don't want to do is say, before I say you can do this, prove to me it's realistic. Because otherwise... You're you know,
1: constraining yourself unnecessarily. Yeah.
0: You JFK would never have said we are going to go to the moon because it is not realistic to go to the moon every scientist
1: every um,
0: you know finance person in the US government would have gone well that's not realistic we're absolutely not doing it because you know by that point in time we'd got to you know the edge of the atmosphere which is thousands
1: do you think someone in the RAND Corporation was going, wait a minute, this isn't a smart guy? Well, like, I suspect if you did that now,
0: somebody <laughs> would be, and there would be people arguing. And that, you know, it does curtail innovation. So, um, and that's the same with time-bounded. If we time-bound things, you, you're effectively saying, well, if it's not achieved by then, then we're not going to bother doing it at all. And you end up with things like Afghanistan, where we time-bounded... What is an incredibly complex and strategic I, that, problem set?
1: That I mean, I, 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 again, I, I wonder whether we were actually saying similar things from different ends, which is Almost, certainly. For, 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 yeah, well, <laughs> here's another glass of wine for yeah, you, so we yeah, can yeah. agree more, but. The reason why smart appeals to me and has been valuable is because when you don't think about these things, you often come up with fluffy nonsense that's not useful to anyone. When you take smart to its ultimate end, then actually you've got a bit of a problem because you're more focused on getting the definition of smart right than you are about saying this is a problem that that it should not be time-bound. And therefore, I'm going to break this because otherwise you're going to come up with a very bad idea that we need to get out of Afghanistan in a year, which leads to bad things. Who knew it's all about actually using your common sense and intelligence (laughs) rather than following a recipe that that appears in a uh, that that people have put into presentations?
0: Almost certainly. But we need to be careful, of course, that common sense isn't that common. And, I know, I you know, I know. And, I know, and this know, leads on to diversity, which we're no, no, about. but, another but I, day, I think. I, we I, are 45 minutes in. I do want to finish on one thing, though, which is, you know, whenever you talk about these types of things, somebody always, and as soon as you mention strategy, somebody always mentions the, the famous Peter Drucker uh, quote of, you know, culture eats strategy for breakfast. Um, and I, I don't disagree with that, um, but I think. Um, it's worth exploring that a little bit. So I'm going to throw this at you and say culture eats strategy for breakfast. Firstly, do you agree or disagree? And secondly, if so, what's, what's the point in any of this?
1: Well, I, I absolutely agree culture eats strategy. And I've seen this multiple times where I've worked, which is, and I, I've said this a couple of times already today, which is we are very good at convincing ourselves that we have you know it's a great culture it's all going really well and then all of a sudden it goes wrong and everyone bomb bursts and it's not true so i think culture does eat strategy but maybe my my take on this is if you have poor strategy culture doesn't get you very far if you have fabulous strategy but terrible culture doesn't get you very far Great culture supports and amplifies significantly great strategy. In fact, maybe I'd go as far as to say the right culture allows a weaker strategy to be successful because the culture will push it through. But I do Hmm. think it is really, really important. And I do think my experience has been a bombshell to finish on. Everyone actually has i I wouldn't say lies to themselves... But everyone has a rosy view of what the culture is. And it's only after the event, and I have had this on multiple occasions, teams that have disappeared, um, where you say, oh, it turns out maybe the culture wasn't as good as we kept telling ourselves it was.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you completely where, with the strategy, uh, culture strategy for, for breakfast point. And, and I think we're aligned in thinking that that doesn't mean strategy is irrelevant. Absolutely. It means before you start thinking about you know getting strategy right which is absolutely crucial when dealing with uncertainty which we all are you have to have at least half an eye on making sure that your culture is okay rather than writing some cliched term on a slide yeah. laminating it and sticking it on posters all around the office and going Right, we've nailed, you know, the purpose, That's we've got right. our culture. Everyone right. done that, move on. Yeah, let's think about the fifteen year strategy. And and of course that is just a recipe for disaster. And there's a really it was a really good um, I, think I think the Dilbert cartoon. Um, Some of the
1: wisest business absolutely. and military strategy, I suspect, like, come from Dilbert. I, I think you
0: don't need to read any, uh, any business books. You just need to Dilbert, you know, yeah. look at Dilbert cartoons endlessly and not do any work. Um, but there's one where it talks about, you know, there's a board and they come up with this great strategy. And then, like, somebody at the end goes, right, should we tell the workers? Uh, and then somebody right at the end, the, guy, the boss at the beginning you know, with the whiteboard says, no, 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 this is far too important for them. And I think that sums up a huge amount of yes. what we talk about a strategy that
1: doesn't actually ever filter down to change in behaviour. And so have we re- sorry, have we really got however many minutes it is through this without talking about the importance that it can't be the three people at the top who do this? It, I think I think we yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> we we could be sued for this because this is actually pretty important. Let's just say let's come back to this topic at some point.
0: I, I think we absolutely need to. So I think um, we, we've probably done enough of this uh, for this episode. Have we solved it? We haven't solved it. No. I think we will come back to many of these points. Um, but I think we have completely agreed that culture is critical yep. to getting an organisation to move in Can, the right direction. It can't be faked. It can't be faked. Um, I think we were quite happy with the values. And I think you were you seem quite happy with purpose. Yep, yep. Um um mission i think the mission and purpose you were potentially a bit i i
1: I am i think they they there's a risk that these things when you write them down you start to go well is that mission or is that purpose Mm. but but even then that's i don't think that should stop anyone because even if you put it in the wrong box yeah the thing that matters is are you thinking about this
0: absolutely um I, so I think we'll come back to some of these um, you know, in, in future episodes uh, and discuss them further. I think we'll definitely deep dive into culture. We'll definitely deep dive into strategy. Um, but for now, I think my uh, I'm going to end by saying my favourite company uh, purpose, um, and I will look up what company it is uh, and let you know next time we, we do an episode, um, is simply don't be a dick. I it sums up. I think it captures it rather well. Absolutely. If you've got nothing else, you know, if you just live by that mantra, you know, it covers everything from individual behavior to corporate entity. Um, so if you don't know quite what it is, you should probably adopt that until you work it out. I'm
1: looking forward to seeing the first large corporate business with that. On a slide that they show to people.
0: I, I want to see they're,
1: it. Actually, do you know what? I bet there is. I bet there is somewhere, but...
0: We'll look it up, you know. but I, I want to see it in you know, steel letters. with Neon bat, lights. Backlit LED lighting. Unlike the
1: Nakatomi building Absolutely. type. Absolutely. Don't yeah, be like a dick.
0: And, and on that, I think we should, uh, we should say goodbye until next time. Thank
1: you very much, and um, see you next time. All right. Goodbye.